Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 K. And welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from beautiful Chicago. Hope you're having a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, this is where we insert the proverbial joke uh, about the uh, turkey. Uh, figure it out. Uh, just the guy hosting the show, that's all. This is Oilers Now, and uh, we're pleased to be joined on our line at uh, 1233 in Edmonton by our Oilers Now headliner for Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. We welcome back to the show John Shannon. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you? Good. How's Thanksgiving going so far? It is uh, going great. It is going great. It's a beautiful autumn day in Ontario. So yeah, there we go. There we go. And lots of hockey on. And lots of hockey on. Yes, because it's Columbus Day in the states. We got about five different games on right now, so it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And we got the Edmonton Oilers in Chicago. And John, the only thing that gets better than the Edmonton Oilers in Chicago for me is a broadcaster who gets to travel with the team coming to Chicago, which, as you know, is one of the great U.S. cities, is when the Edmonton Oilers start the season, 5-0. and Well, it's been a good start. It's been a good start, hasn't it? Well, I, I mean, it, it has been uh, obviously better than most expected. Uh, and I think that when you look at it uh, and you see the things that people said had to happen, have happened, and that's beyond really the two superstars in Dreisaitl and McDavid. Uh, they've they've received some really good contributions from some key guys that uh, a lot of people were shaking their heads at late in the season last year. I put Zach Cassian on that list, um, and uh, and then uh, you, you have to. I know you got Jay on a little later on, but you have to give him some credit for a guy like Ethan Bear, who, in my mind, on Saturday afternoon in New York, uh, the composure that he had moving the puck a couple of times was very impressive. Yeah, it's interesting what's gone on here, and I've already read the stat out, John, but, uh, you know, Connor McDavid's the reigning NHL Player of the Week. He's got four goals and 12 points in the first five games, and he's plus three. That's four goals and 12 points and plus three. Guess how many goals and points he had last year in the first five games last year? Four goals and and 11 points, and he was plus three. So (laughs) that doesn't illustrate... That this is about more than McDavid. I don't know if, it, with all due respect to Connor, who was got off to a tremendous start last year as well. Remember, he was in on the first Oilers nine goals. Sure, but Edmonton had a two-two and one record in those five games last year. There was already nervousness around the team, and here you have McDavid with basically the exact same box score numbers, box uh, car numbers. Yeah, but you have a team that's killed off sixteen of seventeen penalty killing. And they're seven for seventeen on the power play. And when you well, factor and, in, yeah, and and yet then you look at the one place where, uh, particularly the second half of the season last year, there was always that letdown. Was there was always that one bad goal? Yeah. Uh, and and there were a couple of times, particularly at, you know in the Devils game and the Ranger game, where there was pressure. And uh, one way or the other, Koskinen and Smith were able to make those saves, and uh, that's. 
I mean, goaltending goal is so important in this league every day. You don't, I, nobody has to be reminded of that. Uh, but for five games now, uh, nobody should be complaining. I mean, even though people were kind of bitching about Mike Smith's stick handling after one game, nobody should be be complaining about uh, where this team is and, and who's contributed on so many different levels. And we haven't even mentioned uh, James Neal, uh, who uh, who has uh, certainly done uh, his job, and guys like Alex Chason, Ryan Nugent Hopkins are uh, are getting better every game as well. Yeah, uh, well, and it, it's it's interesting. I mean, let's start with goaltending because even the way Dave Tippett's sort of he's been difficult to predict in terms of who's going to start here, right? He, he, you know, we thought maybe he'd split them in the first two games of the year. Instead, Smith gets the first two starts. And then the first two starts on the road both go to uh, Miko Koskinen when he thought, well, maybe he's going to split them there. And and then, you know what, uh, Smith gets the victory against the Rangers, and we thought, well, Koskinen shut out Chicago on his only start last year, so maybe against the Blackhawks, maybe he's going to get the call again and come back to Mike Smith. But whatever, you know, it, it, it always ultimately, what's, what's the old saying, John? Goaltending is 70% of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's 100% of hockey. And right now, the Oilers are getting more saves than the opposition teams they're facing. Yeah, you know, I I don't mind what Dave has done, too. I mean, I I like the fact that he rewards somebody uh, for having a good game and gives them a a second consecutive start, uh, knowing full well that uh, there's there's going to be an opportunity to do the same for the other guy. And, And both, let's, you know, both, Koskinen and Smith deserved that second start because of the way the way they won their first games of the year, and and, uh, and I, I think based on what Mike did at the Garden on Saturday afternoon, uh, to me uh, this was a no-brainer to play him tonight in Chicago, and uh, it'll be uh, and, and I would uh, and I'm going to go out and live and suggest when the team gets home, it'll be Koskinen starting at home for the first game. John Shannon. Joining us, NHL insider Bob Stoffer with you in Chicago with the Oilers, who are 5-0 and on the season. So goaltending, special teams. You need, obviously, your goaltender to be your best penalty killer. But you've also got to get guys dedicated to the roles. And those are some of the players that Ken Holland and Dave Tippett targeted in free agency, isn't it? I mean, they got yeah. some guys, Riley Sheehan and... You know, wow. Marcus Granlin, guys that have killed penalties before to ease the workload on some of their, their Oilers higher-end players. Well, you know, and wouldn't any coach that uh, uh, has been behind the Oilers the last couple of years love to have had Riley Shane knowing full well he was going to be his fourth-line center? Uh, somebody that was de- dedicated to that position uh, and can contribute on so many different ways. And, and you know, his his job isn't to go out and you know make the great offensive plays. His job, and he understands his job very well, is is to play defense first, win faceoffs at key times, uh, and uh, and be that fourth line center that makes a difference against uh, maybe the first or second line guy for the other team at key times and uh, those those are we, we've seen over the years teams that win have great depth players and I, I, and I, I I'm not set, suggesting for a moment that Riley Shane is in the word of great depth players but he's a, he's a darn good depth player and has done a really good job for the Oilers in the short period of time since he since he started with the, with the game on the island. John, are we seeing a different type 
of Oilers team uh, in terms of in terms of what the defense can do in the back end. You mentioned Bear. They got Joel yeah. Person as well. Is that a different yeah. dimension than they've had before, do you think? Well, I, I also think they've had more help from the forwards uh, in, in these five games as well, and I, that, that speaks to uh, the, the importance that Tippett puts on it and the emphasis that he says and, and the, uh, the relentlessness that he coaches uh, with, uh, with, with that. So from that perspective, I think that guys like Bear and Person and anybody else who moves the puck up so well uh, is, uh, is, is supposed to be doing the job that Dave Tippett has designed. And I think that's the one, one thing. You know, when you look back, because every time you sit, every, it, it, the other interesting thing, Bob, every time you sit here and you compliment Dave Tippett, it looks like a knock at Ken Hitchcock or a knock at Todd McClellan, and it's not. But you know what? This team has been through too many coaches in the last few years, and it's about time the players were held accountable, and that's what this guy's doing. And I think the players know that. I think the players understand that. And I think that they, their, their commitment uh, is not just to the coach, but their commitment is to, hey, we don't want to see another coach move quickly again. And it, it, sometimes it's on us and we have to do our job. Hey, uh, I, I believe you were lukewarm on the concept initially, the, the Neil for Lucic trade. Um, it's early yet, but the early returns are pretty good, aren't they? I was lukewarm. I'm trying to recall. No, I'm trying to recall well, I, I, what you I, I, were. I tell you, what, I, I mean, I, it was one of those ones where I think you had to wait and see. Um, yeah, and, and we still was, might, John. Is that fair? Like, it's, it's yeah. early yet. Way, way too early. Uh, way too early because, I mean, um, you know, the, but, what, but the attributes that James Neal brings to the power play that he brings, and, you know, I, I actually think he's been a really good help to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think that they've created a chemistry, and I think that, that uh, you know, James Neal, the one, the one word to describe James Neal anytime, place is swagger, Bob, and you've seen it on and off the ice being yep. on the club. And his swagger can be infectious. His swagger can be a difference maker. Uh, and right now it's working. Uh, the swagger didn't work very much in Calgary because there was a lot of other guys thinking they had swagger as well. Uh, but this was something in, in my mind that the Oilers were lacking. Um, you know, the, the quiet leadership of Connor McDavid. Uh, I would say a similar, a similar nature from, uh, from a guy like Leon. But when you have James Neal, who's, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, he's, he's kind of like the sheriff coming into town, and he, he's got the big star on his shoulder, and he's got his, uh, his two guns, and he's walking down Main Street, and he says, come and knock the chip off my shoulder. That's what James yeah. Neal is. And, you know, sometimes this team needed some swagger, and he's given it to them. He's got seven goals in five games. Now, they've had a good power play before he got here. But, John, I'm just going to throw some numbers at you. So the first year Luch was here, Lucic was here, he got 12 power play goals. Okay? Uh-huh. The second year the second year Milan was here, he was somewhat productive just until about Christmas that year. And I remember he got two power play goals against Montreal in back-to-back games against the Canadians sort of early December, then December 22nd. He scored right. one more goal the rest of the year. Rest of, the season, of course, yeah, Maroon kind of supplanted him. Last year it was Chase on. Would you agree or disagree with me that Neil's got a higher upside, even though he's 32 than all those guys? He's certainly got a better track record as a proven score. 
Oh, I mean, his, there's no question about that. I mean, um, you, you know, I mean, here's a guy that wherever he's gone, for the most part, save for the trip to Calgary, he's he's been able to contribute goals. Uh, yeah. And that that and 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 by, that's the one thing he's expected to do. If he if he can't score goals, he's no good to you. You know, you're not you're not going to put him on that fourth line with Shea and a check. Uh, what you need to do is put him in positions where he can be in front of the net, uh, be in the uh, be in the offensive zone on power plays, and and shoot the puck. And 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 you know that that attitude that he has uh, of being that gunslinger is really important for this hockey club. And and if he can get 20 goals, I mean 20 maybe 25. Holy smokes! It'll look like another genius move by Ken, Kenny Holland. Further, I guess, just going down that path, I mean, the fact is Lucic played a lot with Ryan Strom and, yes, Sapoli Back half of the 17-18 uh, season, John, and then yeah. the first 18 games of 18-19 before Strom was uh, uh, traded. You know what's interesting? Those guys didn't get caved in five-on-five. Five. Like, you know, they were not annihilated in puck possession, nor were they annihilated goals for and against. And ironically, both Strom and Pugliarvi's numbers dramatically dropped elsewhere. And I'm just looking in Calgary because he's playing a lot with Derek Ryan. And I think Strom's a better player than Derek Ryan and uh, Sam Bennett. And I think Bennett's a better player than Pugliarvi. But it's interesting to note that those that line is not scoring either for the Flames. And it's now Milan's bringing something a little bit different, you know. But that said, I mean, the Oilers got a guy that really, he wasn't hurting them five on five, but there wasn't a lot of offense being created, you know what I'm saying? No. And now they got a guy in Neal who's never never missed a shot he hasn't wanted to take, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, and the other thing is that both teams, when they, when when the trade was was consummated, both teams thought they got what they needed. Uh, you know, the Oilers thought they got another another guy to score some goals, and they were prepared to take that risk. And the Flames, and if you remember the five games against Colorado, um, you know the Flames needed. To have a, have a bit more toughness, they needed to be able to have something out there that that gave you know guys like Goudreau uh, and and Lindholm some some space on the ice, uh, and because they didn't have very much in that five game series against the Avalanche, and that's what Brad for Living was trying to do was to to create some toughness, create some edge for the hockey club, and it's way too early. It's way too early to 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 uh, to criticize Lucic for what he's doing. And and for the trade, um, but certainly on on uh, at, at first glance with the goals that Neil has scored, it's it's a big difference. Well, and I just look at the power play opportunity when you have Nugent Hopkins, John, who had who uh, points per sixty on the power play is a first line player. Yeah, McDavid and Dry, on the power play, and then McDavid and Drysaddle are, are first line players at even strength and on the power play, and those are the guys that are the three in a one three one formation. The shooter or the net, or sorry, the net front presence that's on a line with those guys, he's going to score. It's, it's that simple. Like they're just that good offensively. So James Neal's in a great position to succeed here. All right, I want to hit on some quick hitters around the league. Uh, some other stories that are really interesting. Ralph Kruger, power of positive thinking. Buffalo is kind of a negative place the last few years. He's got Jack Eichel going the right way. Again, I know it's early, but early returns are good in Buffalo, aren't they, John? 
They are, and, uh, and you know, they've got some goaltending, too. Carter Hutton is getting off to another great start like he did last year. Uh, and uh, Linus Allmark played a whale of a game the other night to win. Um, so there's there's lots of positives there. I mean, their their blue line is better. Jeff Skinner's playing well. Um, you know, say what you want about Kruger uh, being out of the NHL for three, four, or five years, um, but you know the science of coaching has changed. Um, and some some teams have have adapted. Some teams haven't. And Kruger is one of the guys that in his years in Europe as a chairman of a soccer club. I uh, was able to study the game more, not just hockey, but all sports, and how to motivate athletes. Uh, and it is the power of positive thinking. Uh, and you combine that with some pretty good nuts and bolts of how to play the game that Kruger has always understood, uh, that it should be no surprise they're off to this good start. Give me your perspective on where the Maple Leafs are at right now. I mean, they got bombed uh, the other night uh, by Tampa, came back and blew out Detroit. What are they? Uh, well, you know, the, the the thing that's coming uh, back to roost right now is that, uh, you know, Freddie Anderson's under a ton of pressure here to, to stop the puck. Uh, he wasn't able to do that against Tampa. Uh, their blue line, uh, Tyson Berry, is a, an improvement, uh, but their blue line is uh, still a work in progress. Uh, they, you know, they had Erasmus Sandin up. And I noticed Kevin Gravel got called up today and replaced him. So Kevin Gravel, the former Oiler, is going to get some playing time, I think, um, with with the uh, with the Maple Leafs. And I think that speaks to where the concern for this hockey club is. It's on the blue line still, uh, and until they rectify that, uh, then uh, then they're going to be uh, in a, in a little bit of state of flux. The other thing is is that the, it, it's early on results as well. But perhaps the free agent signing of Jason Spezza wasn't as brilliant as everybody thought it was. Um, and everybody around the hockey club now can only hope it's not a distraction. Late addition into San Jose, Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. He, like, I, I mean, it was a wonderful scene last night watching you know his return and the fans' reaction and him getting emotional. That was awesome stuff. But he's helping them, isn't he? Well, he certainly did that in Chicago. I mean, he was uh, he was a difference maker uh, in, in so many ways in that victory against the Blackhawks. Um, and then last night again, you know, early on particularly, uh, I, I suspect that Patrick will hit a wall without having a camp. Uh, and you have to think that with his first game on the road, first game at home, he was playing completely on adrenaline. So you have to wonder, um, even as great an athlete as he was, uh, what will happen in the next two weeks as as he gets into the routine? And I know he skated on his own, but going to camp is a lot different than being uh, just renting ice and and skating. You know, the, this is a team that uh, I don't I don't think has ever changed over the years, Bob. And as long as you've been around the game, uh, we've always wondered what the personality of this hockey club is. Uh, and you know, Eric Carlson is supposed to be a hundred percent healthy. Uh, but you know what? He's still taking a few risks. Mark Edward Vlasic has been off to a horrendous start. Uh, Brett Burns on the power play. You know what? That's supposed to be uh, magic, but it was supposed to be magic because Joe Pavelski was in front to, to deflect the puck, and you have to wonder how much they miss him. That's the big one for me, John. To me, he was the heart and soul of that team, and I just, 
you know, they got a negative nine goal differential this year. They lost their first four games. Give them credit. They won their last couple. I'll be intrigued to see what happens moving forward. I never want to write that team off. Just like I don't want to, you know, it's great that Edmonton's got the 5-0 and start. I had them at like 92, 93 points. I think this increases their chances of making that happen. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Now that we've actually got, because you don't build, look at New Jersey. They start the year 0-3-2. Now they're up heading to the third on Columbus Day down here today, John, but Right. They could still they could still squander that game. Uh, a lot of people thought New Jersey was going to take a big step forward. They're off to a slow start. A lot of people were second guessing the Oilers' move. They're off to a good start. Uh, does Edmonton make the playoffs? In your opinion? Well, I still think it's too early to. to I mean, I still have them at ninety points, Bob. And have yep. they won a couple of games so far? Uh, that. Uh, uh, in the five that uh, they probably shouldn't have won, maybe. You know, I probably. I probably thought the Islanders would beat them, but you know, you talk about disappointments. The Islanders one of those are, are one of those disappointments. The one thing I would ask you, and I'm not trying to dodge it, because I have them winning at getting 90 points. If that's in the playoffs, or I think they're going to be darn close to it if they're not. Uh, but has all of a sudden the Pacific Division uh, been revived as the toughest division to play in? When you think of what the organizations are doing there, and with the, some of the disappointments in the Metro. You know, with the Devils and with the Islanders, uh, has, has there been another shift to the West one more time and the Pacific Division has adapted? Well, Vegas is a good team. I don't think oh, there's any question really about that. Calgary, Calgary's had a tough schedule. I still think they're a good team. Uh, Edmonton's had a very positive start. And I, like personally, John, the Oilers have an almost an ideal schedule. I mean, they get the Hawks tonight. And then they return to home games against Philadelphia and Detroit, who are both in Calgary the night they play Edmonton. Like, the Oilers yeah. have to capitalize on those second and back-to-backs against those teams. So, yeah, you know. Well, uh, you know, and then Arizona, Arizona was one of those teams I thought was going to be way better, too, but they just announced that Jarmelson broke his leg. So he's out for three months, and they're going to miss him, too. So They are. Hey, John, great stuff. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now, okay? Talk to you soon. That's NHL insider John Shannon. It is 12.54 in Edmonton on Thanksgiving. Again, we got the Oilers and the Hawks. That is a 5 o'clock pregame and a 6.30 puck drop of Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, and myself. I will mention there still are tickets for, uh, lots of good tickets, actually, for the game against Philadelphia and against Detroit on Wednesday and Friday. Uh, Visit EdmontonOilers.com for more information. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.